0: This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Austin, also known as Teacup.
1: And my name is Shelby, also known as SheCup.
0: Join us as we embark on unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed universe. From Assassins to Templars to the mysterious Isu and more, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast.
1: My name is Shelby or She-Cup. And I'm super excited to be here today to continue our series on Pieces of Eden. And I'm joined here with my co-host Austin.
0: Yeah, welcome. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup, uh, here for the Assassin's Creed.
1: Here for the Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. There's only one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, cool. So we're talking about shrouds of Eden today. We've talked about we talked about apples, we've talked about swords, and we've talked about... Staves. Staves, thank you. So we're moving on to Shrouds of Eden. Are there a lot of these like apples or fewer like the swords?
0: Fewer. Definitely fewer. And we have a good deal, but not as much about the others. So this might be a little shorter episode. Okay but enough for a good amount of content and discussion.
1: Cool. All right. Well, are you ready to get into it or do you have other things to say? Uh,
0: Let's get into it. So we're going to start with a general overview and powers. So the shroud is a cloth-like piece of Eden designed by the Isu Consus to heal wounds. Now, this is interesting because it is the first piece of Eden that doesn't have this like special Isu metal. So it's cloth-like, which is the first one we've really seen about that um it uses nanotech technology to repair wounds and like cells like at a cellular level which is very very advanced
1: so this is a healing piece of eden correct so this is straight away this is significantly different from the other three because it's not an offensive piece of eden correct that's a big deal
0: it's not the only one that's not offensive. But, but it, so
1: far, it, that we have discussed.
0: Yes. The sh- original shroud. So, the first shroud contained the mind of Consus. So, it can heal any wound, as when in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, in the boss fight, Crawford Steric, who's the Templar Grand Master, he wears the shroud and, like, Jacob and Evie like stab him shoot him do all of these things and he like heals right away while he's wearing the shroud it also gives advanced strength so like Steric is very easily able to fend off Jacob and Evie despite rumors and mythology around it the shroud could not perform resurrection however it is said that it could reanimate corpses for a short period of time but those corpses would always go- succumb back to death. The shroud could also cause extreme hallucinations and it's even known to tear the, bo- the part the bodies of its user. So there's the bad thing.
1: So it do- it does still have some offensive like technology, but it is primarily used defensively.
0: Right, and uh, particularly there's a difference between the first shroud, which contains the Mind of Constance and other shrouds. And so like the one that contains Consus's mind is a little more offensive because it has an agenda and it's a little more sentient. You ready to get into some known shrouds? Sure. All right. Well, so shroud number one, this is the first shroud, the shroud that's created by Consus and that also contains his mind. During the Isu rebellion, during the time that the first big like solar flare is about to happen, Juno takes the shroud from Consus to use it in research for her plan to try to stop it. That also involves the enslavement of humanity. Um, So that's interesting. This artifact is also the fabled golden fleece, which is also said to be able to cure any wound, which is recovered by the Greek hero Jason. Um, And so this is the shroud that's used there. In 42 BCE, So this is the time of origins. The Hidden Ones used the shroud on Brutus, who had committed suicide after the aftermath with Mark Antony. He awoke for a brief moment before succumbing to a second death. Now we're jumping about 1,300, a little over 1,300 years now. Uh, the Shroud came under the possession of the Templar Order. The Italian Brotherhood steals the Shroud and hides it in uh later relocated to Longiò, which is another Italian city. So, yeah. So we see that kind of the Shroud is now appearing to the Italian Brotherhood before Ezio. So like probably around the time that Mario and Giovanni are getting their start. It's hidden in Martin Terrigioni, but is then taken away. Fast forward about 600 years. During the 19th century, the shroud comes in contact with William Robert Woodman, who is communicating with Consus. By 1944, the Bogatani family had the shroud. The Templar agent, Keith, Sipion brought the artifact and brought it to their front company, Abstergo Industries. So by the end of World War II, Abstergo has this original shroud. I'll give you a hint. It's not a good thing.
1: Well, it never is when Abstergo has something.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. So in 2011, Abstergo began studying the shroud with the Phoenix Project, which had the goal of unlocking the Isu genome, or... Creating it or coding it, doing whatever, trying to create an iso, which just sounds terrible.
1: Why? Just why? That's the dumbest thing I have ever heard.
0: So the Phoenix project is basically their desire to recreate an ISU. Knowing this, the assassins attack the research facility and the shroud is destroyed in the process. So here is yes, go ahead.
1: Is it actually destroyed or is is it seemingly, seemingly destroyed?
0: It is confirmed destroyed. Okay. Thank you. Which is just funny to me because I feel like the people who want to destroy the pieces of Eden don't destroy the pieces of Eden. Like they're really bad at destroying pieces of Eden. When they're trying. But Abstergo, who wants all these pieces of Eden for their own experiments and power, they destroy them left and right. They destroyed two apples. They destroyed a staff. They destroyed a shroud. Like,
1: like, if these artifacts are so mysterious and so powerful, how the heck does Abstergo have the ability to destroy so many?
0: I think it kind of comes into that they're pushing them to their limits. So, like, they're trying to push them, like, see how far they can push them. And that causes them to be destroyed.
1: Well, that makes total sense.
0: Yeah. It's also that assassins are also sabotaging their experience, experiments. So, they're also destroying them. But, yeah. And so, just briefly, like, what do you think about, like, the Shroud so far?
1: I think it's really interesting that it's it's got totally different powers than the others. and that it is a healing piece of Eden. And I think it makes total sense that they would have something like that. But I feel like it's silly for the Isu to let this get into the hands of humanity.
0: Right. I think that's an interesting point about like where we go is that like it's commonly thought that Jesus of Nazareth had a shroud with him, but the shroud doesn't contain the power of resurrection. Like, it, once the threshold has been crossed into death, it can't bring you... It can bring you back, kind of, but not really. It very much reminds me of the Resurrection Stone in Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, I definitely see that about the Resurrection Stone.
0: So, it's just interesting to me. Like, I'm surprised that the Templars haven't gone after this quicker because it makes them... Like, I feel like immortality would be something that they would be after. Like... yes. Um, so is
1: it ever said in game, like Jesus Christ had a shroud? Like, how is that something we know?
0: Um, In the subject 16 files in Assassin's Creed 2, we do, I believe we see that Jesus had a piece of Eden. And Al Molin says that, you know, he says, with this, a lowly carpenter turned water to wine. And so there's always been this thing that Jesus had a piece of Eden. And so I think there's been a lot of assumption of like, oh, well, it's said that he rose from the dead. So he must have a shroud.
1: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess mainly like my my issues with that are that with the exception of this one, all of the other ones, they have some kind of like violence associated with them. So I guess I understand that people would want like, they would not want to associate Jesus with with him being violent. And so they would just say, okay, well, he had a shroud then. That's the only one that makes sense.
0: You know what I mean? Right. That totally does make sense. I also come to the point of, like, this, I feel like, feeds into my head canon that some of the pieces of Eden were made to assist humanity. I yeah. think the shroud could potentially be one of them
1: say more like what specifically about it makes you well
0: like so isu are super strong they have powers and they have all these pieces of eden that let them do amazing things so the sword gives them the sword is like the ultimate weapon against the isu because it grants the user eagle vision it grants the user like the ability to like inspire people and break enslavement and makes them immune to staffs and apples so that's like the perfect offensive weapon and then like to me the shroud is the perfect shield for humanity because no matter what the isu do with their pieces of eden the shroud can heal those wounds
1: yeah i get that
0: so yeah i think that's an interesting kind of point anything else about the first shroud
1: um, I think it's really creepy. Is this the first shroud? This is the one that contained the mind of Consus. I don't mm-hmm. like that. That's that makes me uncomfortable. What though? Like, do we see that in a game? Like, how and how does the shroud? How does the mind leave the shroud?
0: It doesn't leave the shroud. So okay, it just so can, it's still there. It can well, it's destroyed. So if
1: it was if if this shroud was if this shroud was not destroyed, the mind of Consus would still be in it.
0: Correct. Um, it, a lot. Whoever holds it is able to communicate with Consus. But like communicating with an Isu is not especially from like a mental area is not something that normally leaves someone with their sanity.
1: But I thought all the Isu were dead.
0: Yes, they are kind of dead, but also not really uh, their minds and they linger, in a way. But the, okay, yeah, there's more to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a good time for our break now. Makuse! Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! Malaka! 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 Even now, faced as I am with the truth of your cold words, I refuse, because I believe things can still change. I may never succeed. The assassins may struggle another thousand years in vain, but we will not stop.
1: Yes, it is a great time for our break. So, this is the middle section of the show where I give you all the news and all the updates and all that kind of fun stuff. So, The first thing I have to do is to thank you guys, to thank you for all of the reviews and all of that kind of stuff that you guys give us. But also, I have to thank our very first patron. So, our very first patron is AFK Hunter, who just joined in the last week. We just actually even launched our very first Patreon. So, this is really new. So thank you so much AFK Hunter for being our first master assassin tier patron. This tier is the one where you can come on the show and join us. So we'll be having patron episodes very soon. So if you want to come on the show and join us and we can talk about all different kinds of things, make sure you sign up on the Patreon and that link is in the episode description. We also want to thank you guys for all the great reviews you leave us. We're so, so thankful. We are trying really hard to get to um, 100 plus reviews on Spotify, or I guess I should say ratings on Spotify. We're super close right now. We have like 97 or something the last time I checked, but we also have a new review on Apple as well. And so I'm going to read that one out right now. And this one is from Jordan. And Jordan says, one of your newest listeners, five stars. Hey guys, I've been listening to you since this Monday and I'm already caught up and I love you guys. Can't wait to hear more from you. I've been playing since Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I was a huge sucker for Greek mythology. If you guys ever have any questions regarding that area, I will try to help you. Thank you so much, Jordan. We are so excited that you left us this awesome review. Thank you. And we will definitely hit you up if we have any questions about Greek mythology. So thank you for that review. And if you also want to leave a review, you can leave um, a review with words on Apple and we will read it out on the show. And also I have to tell you about our Discord server. We have an awesome Discord server for all of our podcasts. We now host four... We host this show, the Assassin's Creed lore cast. We host the Dragon Age lore cast. Austin co-hosts the Holocron Histories, a Star Wars show. And we're fixing to launch very, very soon episodes of the Inheritance Cycle page by page. It's a book club podcast about Aragon and the Inheritance Cycle books. So the Discord server is home to all of those shows. And if you're in that server, that's where you get the first news. You get all the information Um, any updates on our shows are going to go to that server first so if you want to hear more definitely come hang hang out with us we have a great time over there if you're also looking for new podcasts you can join the robots radio server um, and that's a great one for new shows so all of those links are in the episode descriptions to the patreon to our servers etc etc So with that, Austin, I think that's everything I have, unless you have something else you wanna add.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: All right, well, let's get back to the show.
0: And I know I was really nice to you, but actually I'm just another Templar plot twist. And yes, I would like very much for you to be controlled by a magic space wizard so that you can murder me. Requiescat in pace.
1: I am not a father anymore. I am not a husband. I am not a magi.
0: I am a hidden one. Yes. We are the hidden ones. All right. So we talked about the first shroud. Now we're going to get on to the second shroud, which is the shroud that we actually encounter in game. And so we're just going to kind of tell a story we'll hear for. So around 1732, Edward Kenway discovers a shroud in a cachet. And then he hides it in the Tower of London. Now, Shelby, you might find this one interesting. Prince Consort Albert in 1847 finds the shroud and he hides it in a vault under Buckingham Palace.
1: That's very interesting. In what year did you say?
0: 1847. So, kind of right in the middle of Victorian England.
1: That is interesting. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say about that, but I find it interesting.
0: I do think it doesn't tell us in the wiki if like Prince Albert was a friend to the assassins or not, but I think he would be like from based on like what we know about him. I mean, like you're
1: okay. To be fair, you've watched like five episodes of that show Victoria with me. And I think you're totally basing that only on his like opposition to slavery Which I don't know if that's actual history or not. That show,
0: Hmm. I don't know. Well, maybe he was opposed. I feel like making him opposed to slavery wouldn't be something that they would just make up.
1: That's fair.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I like to believe that's something that wouldn't just make up. I
1: don't know. They made up a whole romance for Queen Victoria, so.
0: But I do think it's interesting because, like, we don't hear a lot about Prince Albert, uh, mainly because he dies, yeah yeah he does die
1: young and i think he very much gets overshadowed by queen victoria who was the longest reigning monarch in england mm-hmm. um until like Recently. this year this year literally this year mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's interesting but we don't have confirmation like whether or not he was an assassin or an ally to the assassins or anything like that
0: right um uh. But I do think it's interesting, especially in the show Victoria, because Albert's always like he's always like, I need something to do. Yes. Well, you found. Well, he did. <laughs> yeah. um, but I thought you would find it interesting that Prince Albert is made by a uh, name. Yeah, I do. But yeah, we Interesting, but it's interesting because later on, Queen Victoria does end up being an aide to the assassin. So it's interesting. And
1: in what game does that come from? Sandy Kit. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that that was from the 1800s.
0: Yeah, it's in. It takes place in Victoria, in England. It's like oh, okay. right around the time of the Civil War, because World War One is when you play as like Jacob's granddaughter. So that's two generations.
1: Okay. In between. I guess I thought that it was later than that.
0: Yeah, uh, I call. I kind of classify it in this like turn of the century, but like it's the same time as Charles Darwin, as Karl Marx, as yeah. I
1: always feel like they're later than they are too
0: yeah so later that year or not that year later in the same century the shroud is discovered by grand templar uh or templar grandmaster crawford steric who uses it to buff himself in an, in a fight with the fry twins so the whole game of syndicate is you're looking for this shroud and you're trying to stop steric and like It's very interesting because the whole game is focused on the Shroud and taking London back from the Templars, which I think is a big, like, goal for the Assassins because London has forever been this Templar stronghold. Yeah. Um, Since the
1: time of Alfred.
0: Yeah, really. The Fry Twins and Steric, they obviously, like, have a battle out about this and they separate the shroud from Steric and they're a- and they're able to kill him they reseal the shroud in the vault in 2015 Otto Berg who is an assassin hunter like a hunter of assassins uh Isabel Ardent and Violet DaCosta, all, all members of uh, a sigma squad who are specialized assassin hunters they breach the ta- the vault in an attempt to get the shroud. They are met by assassins Sean Hastings, Rebecca Crane, and Galliana Vorina, who attempt to get the shroud. It's a big kind of fight. Um, as they're fighting for the shroud, Ardent is killed by Sean, and Rebecca is wounded by Berg. However, even though one, one of them is killed, with the wounding of Rebecca, Sean is obviously like completely distracted from everything going on. And Berg and DeCosta take the shroud back to Abstergo. And so Abstergo at this point has been in- infiltrated by a group called the Instruments of the First Will. And now we'll go back into them for a minute, but I'm just going to take a brief moment to talk about them. The instruments of the first will are Juno worshipers in the main timeline. And their whole goal is to bring Juno back to a body. And they very much prize sages that are the reincarnation of Juno's lover Aita. Just why? Um so they believe. Basically, that they can bring Juno back and they'll be uplifted in Juno's new world order.
1: That's dumb. They've already enslaved humanity once. What is to stop them from doing it again? I don't
0: know. But anyway. Wait, no,
1: I'm not done. These are the same people that when you are in a horror movie and you see like the creepiest house on the street that has like ghosts and cobwebs and all kinds of crazy stuff. They're the ones that go in the basement.
0: Uh, anyway. Uh, so they convince of Stergo's Phoenix project to recreate a body for for Juno so that Juno can come back and be whatever and recreate the Isu genome and do all of that. This is interesting because I feel like I want to talk about the Order of Ancients for a moment. And how in the ninth century CE, Alfred is basically just like, you know, we're just going to like forget that whole like Isu thing. And we're not going to really worship them anymore because there is only one God that we worship. And so Alfred kind of steers the Templars away from, they're still obsessed with pieces of Eden, but they're not really focused on like Isu idolization or trying to bring back the Isu, which the Order of Ancients was. They want to usher in the era of the Isu because they think they can take part in that power. With the instruments of the first will, and this, we kind of see, like, I feel like the instruments of the first will are just Templars who are like, we want to go back to this Isu kind of idolization. Yeah, You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I Also, though, like, every group that's like that, they there's always at least one person that's like, okay, they're the ones that are out there. So they've got to have at least one person that is genuinely like, I want to worship Juno. I want to worship at her feet. Craziness.
0: The instruments of the first will, like I said, are often led by a sage. That is specifically the reincarnation of the Isu Aita, who is the lover of Juno. So there's your support for your theory.
1: Craziness.
0: At the present moment, just for a fun fact, the instruments of the first will are led by Desmond Miles' son, who is a sage.
1: I thanks I hate it like that's why <laughs> why
0: so this was Desmond I had didn't a even son know Desmond
1: he, had a son
0: a lot of us didn't but like it's a son from like kind of like a former relationship that was before he was abducted by Abstergo uh, so yeah he has a son and he leads the instruments of the first will at least the last time we see him I think I'm not quite caught up on all the comics. So yeah, they convince the Shroud. Well, listen, the assassins in the modern day timeline don't mess around with pieces of Eden. They're like, okay, like, no, Abstergo, you're not going to get these pieces of Eden. You're not going to resurrect an Isu. You're not going to do anything because you suck and we hate you. That's an understatement. But So they attack the Phoenix Squadron to try to stop them and get that. And this Shroud is destroyed in the explosion of the lab and actually destroyed
1: so it's not seemingly destroyed it
0: really no is. it is not seemingly destroyed it is destroyed so both of the shrouds we've seen in game are seemingly just de- not seemingly are destroyed so we don't know of a location of any other shroud But
1: I see you have in the notes other shrouds. So it's possible that there are uh, that there are other shrouds in existence. We just don't know about them yet.
0: Correct. So are you ready? We can get into the other shrouds. No. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to preface this. We have talked several times about how we feel about this, Um, but let's not spend too much time about it because I'm going to tell you. Many biblical figures apparently possess shrouds of Eden. Joseph, son of Jacob, so his multicolored coat was apparently a shroud of Eden. His multicolored uh, coat? A Wait, no, hold on hold, on, hold on, hold against...
1: on. You mean his coat of many colors?
0: Yes, coat of many colors. Thank you. Anyway, um, King David wore a shroud when he fought against Goliath, which I guess the shroud gives superior strength. Jesus of Nazareth had a shroud of Eden and the order of ancients condemned him to recover it, like to try to recover it. it, is unknown if all of these are the same shroud or three different artifacts, which is interesting to me. I think it would be interesting if it was the same shroud just because of the lineage that's happening here yeah
1: that's exactly what I was gonna say you guys know if you're listening you know that I'm not a fan of this at all but I think the only way I would be okay with it is if it was a shroud that was like passed down through his family throughout the years
0: right so it's possible that Joseph would have given his coat and shroud to his brother, Benjamin, which eventually that passes down and David comes from the tribe of Benjamin. And King David is an ancestor of Joseph, Jesus's father and Jesus. So, well, not Jesus's father, but Mary's husband, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Joseph is an ancestor of David. So it's possible that this shroud then hands to Jesus from the same family. Um, I'm not sure... There's not a direct line to Joseph, to Joseph from Jesus, except for the fact that Benjamin was Joseph's brother. I'm rusty on my genealogies, but I'm pretty sure that that is where it comes from. That's possible. At least, like, they got some kind of genealogy going on here. Um, but, yeah, I don't, don't like it. Um Mainly because like, it's one thing to like surround and like create this myth around a culture, but like the way the shroud is portrayed in that, like the shroud can't perform resurrection. You're taking a faith's central like event and miracle and saying, no, it didn't happen.
1: But yeah, that's my whole issue with it. Like, and, and maybe, I don't know. I I feel like. I agree it is wrong to take a faith's entire like premise of being um, and change it. And that's what they do with the resurrection. Like that's not necessarily why Christianity exists, but it is a major reason why. And like that's a major defining factor of Christians today. And I guess I was going to say, I feel like the other shrouds are less impactful, but I think that that's like a really Christian worldview worldview. And way to think about it because I feel like for someone who's Jewish to then have one of their patriarchs two of I mean one of their patriarchs and one of their most important characters in David like to have their narratives changed too is is also changing central tenets of a a person's faith Um, it's not as easy like it's not as much of a one-to-one characteristic because like Jesus is the one, the most important person for Christians. I feel like for Jewish people, there's more than one. Um, But like Jacob is a huge one. Joseph is huge. David is huge. These people are- All three of them. Yeah, they're huge people in their faith tradition. So to change that just feels icky to me.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's those shrouds in 422 BCE. So this is- before the birth of Christ, before the common era, as it's called, Cassandra Eaglebearer encounters an experimental replica of the Shroud in the Atlantis simulation. So again, this is like that Inception moment where Layla is experiencing a simulation of a simulation, which we can assume from what we knew earlier that Juno is attempting to try to replicate Shrouds because I guess she wants to use it in her own way. And the last one, the hidden one. Amon from Constantinople was tasked with retrieving a Shroud of Eden from a merchant's palace in Bolgar due to interference by Sigurd, who is the adopted brother of Eivor, he would fail this mission. This is where Sigurd meets Basim, and the Shroud would remain in the palace as soldiers from the Order of Ancients approached. So the Order of Ancients has a Shroud, apparently, but we don't know what happens to that. And so that's really all we know about the Shrouds. Um, Any last thoughts other than they're kind of creepy?
1: Once again, I go back to your uh, statement that I think the headcanon of there are some Shrouds that were created by alternate Isu to free humanity. I think it's ever more enticing um, the more we talk about these. So Mm -hmm. it's becoming in that phase where it's like pseudo canon, like, it's not real, but I believe it.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Like that, uh, comparable to other fandoms, that um, Knight Commander Gregor is Reese's father.
1: No, that's that's like more canon than it is head canon.
0: That's true. Um, so that's really it for the Shroud. Uh, we do have a little kind of thing we want to do really quickly, which is today, which is a Thursday, what we record, um, We want to talk about that they announced that Assassin's Creed Mirage is coming, which is the next installment of the game. I just want to share everything we know about it, which is there's some stuff that's been leaked, but this is what we know. We know that this is going to be kind of a prequel to Valhalla. This is going to follow Basm in kind of a location where we have all this happening. It is told and linked rumor that this is a return to the AC roots and the classic AC, but that is just a rumor. We don't have any kind of confirmation of what that's going to be. Uh, we will find out more on September 10th, which we're very excited about. And I'm excited to learn more about this game. And, you know, this time period will be interesting. And if, we, if it doesn't come back to classic Assassin's Creed, I think it'll be a good thing for the series.
1: If it does come back to Assassin's Creed, like traditional, like classic
0: Assassin's Creed,
1: yeah, I think it'll be good. Um, I know there's a lot of heated debate over this subject in the fandom, totally right now. Um, but I, I'm I'm fine with it either way, honestly. But I have also haven't played Valhalla yet, so depending on when they say they're going to release Mirage, like I um, I got to get going on these games, you know. Because I'm still not done with all of them, but also the thing, other thing I thought about is the name is very interesting. I know I have my Bioware brain on right now, but um, what if the rumor of it being a leak, or what if the the leak of it's going back to the classic element, not and going away from the RPG elements? What if that in itself is a mirage? Like, I
0: don't know. I'm probably thinking about it too deeply. Who knows? but we'll see we'll keep up today with any info we see you can always hop into the discord and talk to us about it um but yeah that's what we know
1: all right well do we have anything else to talk about today i don't think so all right well thank you for listening we will see you next time on the assassin's creed lorecast
0: Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at Assassin's Creed Lorecast, or you could talk to us on Discord in the Robots Radio Discord or our personal Discord server. Both links found in this episode's descriptions. Thank you for listening, and always stay to the shadows to serve the light assassins. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's... Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora. And all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see
1: you soon.